Yesterday was the American League, today the National League. Which prospects might earn a job in spring training? Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, award-winning baseball writer and podcaster, and thank you for making this your first listen every single day. We're proudly part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers, join today, and you'll get $150 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. Okay, so part two in our non-roster invitees to spring training show, trying to figure out which prospects have a realistic shot of earning a job on their major league roster in spring training. Now, obviously, this is the pre-position player reporting deadline show, and so things could change as guys get injured, as guys have really good spring trainings or really bad spring trainings. But start just like we did yesterday, we're going to start in the East today, and I am a Braves fan, but honestly, the most questions here, I think, are with the New York Mets. So if you look at this, like, you've got some position players coming to camp, right? You've got Jet Williams. You've got Luis Angel Acuna. You've got Drew Gilbert. Uh, But it's just not something where I think any of those players really have a great chance of making the roster in spring training. The good years last year regarded prospects. All three of those guys are top 100 prospects, but they're all also, they finished the year last year in double A. And two of them, Acuna was the only one that didn't, two of them started the year in the low minors. And expecting them to make, not only make the major league roster, but beat out a veteran feels like a tall task. Now, they can play well in spring and absolutely get an opportunity to come up later in the year if they have a great 2024. But I think the bigger question here is going to be with some of the pitching. You've got some guys here. Uh, Mike Vasile was invited. Christian Scott was invited. Dominic Hamill was invited. And the rotation for the Mets is not great. You've got Kodai Singa's your number one. No issues there. Number two, I think, right now would be Jose Quintana, who, 35 years old, you never know how effective a guy is going to be. A lot of the projections, I think Zips has him at an ERA of almost four, uh, four and a half, right? Behind that, you've got a bunch of dudes in their young, in lower 30s. Luis Severino, who came in, signed as from the Yankees in November. Sean Manea signed in January, a guy that wasn't even able to start last year, was in working a lot in relief for the Giants. And then they acquired Adrian Hauser in December. And I do think there is a possibility that you see a guy like a Vasil, maybe a Scott or a Hamill, but probably Vasil is your best bet to earn a job out of spring training. Like when you look what Vasil was able to do, 26 games between AA and AAA last year. ERA was four and a half, so not necessarily amazing there, but 10 strikeouts per nine innings to three to under three and a half walks. Only gave, like, gave up 18 home runs, 
But the big thing in here is the fastball and that kind of cutter or slider. It's a one-two punch that's absolutely effective, right? Now, he throws them a lot, 80% of the time. And so the question's going to be, one, is he better able to mix in the curveball and the changeup? Or two, are they? do they consider putting him into the bullpen with those two pitches and using him in a swing role? Right now, I think your long guy is going to be Phil Bickford, maybe? But the big thing here about this bullpen, I think the big issue, and the reason why that's probably not as, not as likely right now, is the only player in that Mets bullpen that has options, Shintaro Fujinami. Uh, he is the only guy that has major league options. Everybody else has no options. And so there's not a lot of flexibility. So I could see the versatility of having a guy like a Mike Vasile who can pitch in relief, who could start as well. Curious to see what they do here. I do want to point out, I don't think you'll see them do any weird little injury shenanigans this year because their former GM just got whacked for a while for that. So they're going to be very clear with guys playing through injury versus going on the injured list with an injury. But outside of that, a couple other, the Nationals, they're bringing in a bunch of prospects. Dylan Cruz will be there. James Wood will be there. Robert Hassel will be there, those three outfielders. And then Brady House is going to be in camp. Trey Lipscomb's going to be in camp, but I don't expect any of those prospects to crack the roster now. It's entirely possible that at the end of the year, maybe you see it, but now, not a lot. The Phillies, Mick Abel, Griff McGarry, Orion Kirkering are the really interesting ones here. All three of those guys in their top 10 prospects. I don't know if Abel and McGarry are going to do it. They went out and gave money to major league veterans on major league deals versus minor league deals to get some depth, a guy like a Colby Allard. And I don't know if the Phillies are prepared to have either of those starting pitching prospects open the year in the bigs, unless, again, they're just lights out in spring training. But Orion Kirkery, I feel like, is a really good bet to make the team in spring. Obviously, we've talked about this on the show numerous times before. That slider is incredibly unique. The fastball is very effective with it. It's a really good one-two punch. And we saw last year in the postseason what he was able to do. For the Marlins, Max Meyer, I think, is the big one to watch here. Uh, he's now recovered from August from Tommy John surgery he had in August of 22, I believe it was. So should, we've been told there's no restrictions. Curious to see what happens here. They've got some other guys in camp, Jacob Amaya, the shortstop, outfielder Victor Mesa. But we did also just see a report uh, as of time of recording. It came out a little bit before I recorded this that... The Marlins have made an offer to shortstop Tim Anderson, which honestly feels like it could be a good fit if it works out. A good deal for everybody. Would be their first major league free agent all offseason, which is just wild to me. Team made the playoffs, lost Jorge Soler, didn't sign anybody. But uh, I'm curious to see what happens with that, what they do here. Uh, the last team, my Atlanta Braves, not a lot of questions here. You have your lineup is locked in. They've said at spring training that Jared Kalnick will be an everyday starter in left field. And on your bench, they are prepared to take a guy like a Forrest Wall, who's a pinch runner and a defensive specialist, and run with him because you're going to play those three outfield starters every day. Infield, same thing. Luis Guillorme, they signed him. And yes, you brought in Ignacio Alvarez. Yes, you brought in catcher Drake Baldwin. But what are the odds that they make the roster? The biggest question here. Hurston Waldrop's a non-roster invitee. AJ Smith-Shaver's on the 40-man roster because he debuted next year. 
can any of them win the fifth starter spot? Uh, Bryce Elder, who was an all-star last year on an amazing first half, is penciled in as the number five starter. They signed reliever Ronaldo Lopez, and the word on that is they are going to allow him to stretch out and start this spring. You think those two guys, Smithshaver, Waldrop, are working from behind. We'll see what they do. I do expect to see both Smithshaver and Waldrop make starts at the major league level or make pitching appearances this year at the major league level. I just don't think it's going to come out of spring. It feels like Elder has options. Lopez, you stretch him out now if you have to move him to the bullpen later. That's more versatility than to move him to the bullpen now and stretch him out mid-season. It really feels Smithshaver and Waldrop on the outside looking in, but we'll see what happens here if they can make uh, if they can make the roster. I know Waldrop's ADP in fantasy has really gone up as people see that he's invited to spring training and he's expected to debut in 2024 after getting drafted last year. One of you would be, I think, would be the first pitcher from that class to debut. A uh, lot of respect being given in fantasy baseball circles to Hurston Waldrop. In just a minute. Let's look at the Central. The Brewers are the real interesting team to watch. We'll get to them next, right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our uh, new sponsor, Backblaze. It's an online storage cloud that provides a foundation for businesses, developers, IT professionals, and individuals to build applications, host content, manage media, backup and archive your data, and more. They have over 3 billion gigabytes of data storage under management right now. Over 500,000 customers in over 175 countries. If this sounds good to you, you can get unlimited cloud backup for your Mac or your PC for just $99 a year. If you have a business, it works on multiple workstations. They have one-year file retention and version history and a proven track record. They have restored over 55 billion files for customers. Also, you can get your hard drive restored by mail and shipped to your door. To get a fully featured no-risk trial, go to backblaze.com slash lockdownmlb to give you plenty of time to upload, download some files, see how it works. But seriously, back your stuff up. Go to backblaze.com slash lockdownmlb, sign up for the free trial, and see why Backblaze was recommended by the New York Times, Inc. Magazine, and Tom's Guide. The Central is probably the hardest division for me to do this and keep it into the time frame of one segment because all five of these teams in the NL Central have really interesting, really interesting decisions to make about prospects in spring training. Look at the Milwaukee Brewers. Jackson Churio, we're assuming he's going to make the opening day roster. Keep in mind, he's barely played in AAA and he's only 20 years old. We're assuming he's going to make it. He's got that brand new contract, but he may or may not make it. Joey Ortiz, they acquired Joey Ortiz in the deal for Corbin Burns. I would assume the plan here is to play him at third with Willie Adamas at short. And then if you trade Willie Adamas at spring, uh, uh, by spring training, at the trade deadline or before that, I guess, Ortiz can kick into shortstop. In the meantime, you do have third base options. Brock Wilkin, the draft pick out of Wake Forest last year, Tyler Black, they are both in spring training. They both can play third base. I think it's a little bit early for Wilkin. Black is borderline if it's time for him or not. But this could be if either one of them represent very well. It may make things easier for the Brewers to say, okay, 
we're going to move Willie Adamas at the trade deadline and we're going to put Ortiz at short and take one of these guys and promote them for short. So it's it's an intriguing option here. I want to see what they do. When it comes to Jeff, he is in camp as well. We know that the Brewers have, obviously, they have William Contreras. They have uh, catcher Devil Magic. So I don't think necessarily that they need Cuero to come up right now. They, they did sign Gary Sanchez. And it's entirely possible that Cuero doesn't make it either. But the other place to look that I think we're not necessarily thinking about is starting pitching. You did lose Corbin Burns. You also let Brandon Woodruff go this year. He needed a shoulder surgery, wasn't going to pitch this year. It was his final year before a free agency. So why pay an arbitration contract to have him just rehab? I get it. Freddie Peralta, Wade Miley, Jacob Eunice, Colin Ray, D.L. Hall looks to be your starting rotation. And I like Hall. I think he's going to be an effective starter if he gets an opportunity and gets with good catching and a good team. Not that the Orioles were a bad team. I just think he's worked on some things. Jacob Mizorowski is in camp. Carlos F. Rodriguez is in camp. I'm really curious to see what Mizorowski does in spring training. What does he look like against major leaguers? I want to see how this works. I want to see how good he looks so that we have a better idea. Is he an option to take starts down the stretch uh, or later in the season? You've got other options, yes. You've got Aaron Ashby. You've got Jansen Junk. Bob Gass, Robert Gasser is in camp as well. Uh, You know, there's multiple pitching prospects here because you need 11 or 12 starters to make it through a season, right? I want to see if these guys can be ready. Uh, Carlos Rodriguez has been in AAA. Bob Gass has been in AAA. Mizorowski has been in AA. But let's see what happens here. The Cardinals outfield is fascinating to me. You have Lars Newtbar. You have Jordan Walker. Those guys are locked into your corner spots, right? You have Tommy Edmond playing center, who has always been a, a an infielder until pretty much until last year, and they used him in center field. Dylan Carlson's on your bench. And so you're in a situation where Mason Wynn looks to win the job at shortstop out of spring training. Obviously, came up last year, did fine, flashed the defense really well. And so what happens with Victor Scott? Because Victor Scott is in spring training. Do you do you try to do something where you move Carlson? You now have a four outfield group with Edmund. Scott, Walker, and Newtbar? Or do you let Scott go back to the minors? Because again, exceptional defense, exceptional speed, hits too many balls on the ground, doesn't, doesn't get enough loft on the ball, doesn't get enough production from a power perspective because of the swing and everything. At the, at the same time, how much does he, when you're 80-grade speed and you can lay a bunt down for a base hit, how much do you need to hit homers, right? Anyway, But curious to see what happens there. And then this rotation, they signed three different veteran pitchers to take significant innings. Sonny Gray is the top of the rotation. They signed Kyle Gibson. They signed Lance Lynn. Then they already had Steven Motz and Miles Mikolas. So you've got five guys. The youngest one is Matt's at 32. You've got three guys over the age of 35 and Sonny Gray, who I think will turn 35 at the end of the season. And so 
it's going to be important that you get some experience of some of these young guys. You're Gordon Graceffo. You're Michael McGreevy. You're Tink Hintz. You're Takoa Roby. You're Max Ragic. Five, Cooper Yerpy. Six pitching prospects. Significant regarded pitching prospects who are all going to be in spring training. And I think you're going to need some... Cooper Yerpy is not really a candidate for major league starts this year. He finished last year in high A. So did Max Ragic. But Hanson Roby were both in double A. Roby also went to the AFL. And then Graceffo, McGreevy, they all finished the year in triple A last year. And so you've got pitching prospects that you can use if you need additional starts. The question's going to be, what do they look like? And you have a bunch of older veterans, but guys who are known for the most part for putting up large workloads. So do you have the room to get multiple of these guys or are all of these pitchers uh, contending to be the first guy called up when you need to start? For the Cubs, they traded for Michael Bush. The assumption is he will be the first baseman. I talked last week about watch for Matt Shaw. It's still early, but if there's anybody from the 23 draft class that has an opportunity to earn a job in spring training, it's Wyatt Langford and Matt Shaw. But ton of prospects here. Matt Mervis is also in camp. Let's see Matt Mervis versus Michael Bush battle for that first base job. Pete Crow Armstrong and Owen Casey are both in camp. Let's see for the outfield. We're all assuming Pete Crow Armstrong is going to win the job in center field. Do you find a do you try to find a spot for Casey as well? You do have Ian Happen left, say a Suzuki in right. DH is Christopher Morell. And so it feels like you really only have space. For one outfielder, is it Alexander Canario? Is it Pete Crow Armstrong? Is it Owen Casey? There's a lot of options here, but it's going to be really interesting. And then just watch what some of their pitchers do. Jordan Wicks, I think, has an opportunity to earn a job out of spring training as the number five starter, but he's contending with Ben Brown. He's contending with Michael Arias, Luke Little, Caleb Killian. Does Porter Hodge earn a job in the bullpen? We've talked about Porter Hodge before and how unique his stuff is. Really curious there. And then for the Pittsburgh Pirates, all eyes are going to be on Paul Skeens. There's a bunch of pitchers to watch, right? Jared Jones, Bubba Chandler, Anthony Solomedo, Thomas Harrington. But all eyes are going to be on Paul Skeens. What does Paul Skeens look like in spring? Does he have a little bit more velocity and better fastball shape when it's not the end of an incredibly long season? That was one of the critiques of him down the stretch in the bigs was he didn't look the same in professional baseball like he did in college. So what changes from Paul Skeens? And then other than that, Tamar Johnson's in camp. There's I don't have any expectations that Tamar Johnson earns a spot. You've got a lot of, a lot of depth guys on Matt Gorski. Uh, Jack Brannigan, guys like that. But it feels like your main questions are pitching staff. What pitchers end up making a case to get starts uh, in midseason? Because this rotation is another rotation that isn't necessarily, I'm not going to say set, but you do have questions about this rotation because you lost three guys to Tommy John last year, including Johan Oviedo in December, right? So Marco Gonzalez profiles as your number three. And he's on his third team uh, of the offseason. So there's questions here about pitching and what prospects can come up and get jobs. And then 
the Reds. The big question here, I think, there's two. One is pitching. Connor Phillips, Chase Petty, do either one of those guys have a chance to make the rotation? But the real question, Noel V. Marte. Where does Noel V. Marte play? Does he get everyday time? Because Cincinnati did add Heimer Condelario in free agency. And so if he plays first, they've already said Matt McClain's at second. They've already said that L.A. De La Cruz is at short. So Marte plays third. Christian Encarnacion Strand, where is he? Spencer Steer, is he in left field still? Blake Dunn is in camp, so be careful if Blake Dunn shows out. He could end up earning a job. Do you see one of these guys, like a CES, get sent back to AAA to play every day? That's, I think, the big question here. Is, do you just keep everybody, keep somebody on the bench every day? Do you send CES or somebody to AAA? Do you start Noel B. Marte in AAA? There's questions here. I don't think you should start Marte in AAA. I think he needs to be at the major league level. But there's just legitimate questions about where everybody plays next year. In just a minute, let's talk about the West. Uh, there's, I think the Brewers, I think the Diamondbacks are really interesting, but obviously all the attention is going to go on the Dodgers. We'll do that next, right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. It's $150 if your bet wins. But on all your favorite NBA players and teams, they have quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to shoot your shot with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NBA and the official sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. Final segment here on Locked On MLB Prospects, looking at the National League West. And uh, the Dodgers are simultaneously the most interesting and probably the hardest for anybody to break into, right? You have, you brought in so many options, especially when it, like, but you also have so many guys with injury questions. So, like, your rotation right now, Yamamoto, Glasnow, James Paxton, who you just signed, the assumption is all three of those guys are going to be in the rotation. But after that, which prospects make it, right? Bobby Miller, Emmett Sheehan, You've also got River Ryan, Landon Nat, Kyle Hurt, Gavin Stone. They're all also in camp. And which prospects make the rotation because you have five pitchers that'll probably be on the injured list. Walker Bueller coming back from Tommy John. Tony Gonsolin coming back from Tommy John. Clayton Kershaw is assuming he's going to come back in July or August from that shoulder surgery. Dustin May had flexor tendon surgery last summer. And then prospect Nick Frost is out for the whole year with the torn labrum. So there is runway here for some of these prospect catchers. It's going to be a really interesting battle. And then the guys, the two non-prospect, or the two non-pitchers that I'm watching for here. Dalton Rushing, the catcher who also can play first base. And Andy Pajes. Because one... Rushing is a guy that can give you flexibility, both catcher and first base. And their backup catcher right now is Austin Barnes. And Austin Barnes, I don't think is bad, but he's very much a defensive option versus an offensive option. And if you lose Will Smith to some sort of injury or whatever, what happens to your offense with Austin Barnes having to play every day? 
and watching Dalton, Dalton rushing, that's going to be big for me. And then Andy Pajes feels as of right now, he doesn't have a starting spot on this team. If you look at your outfield, James Altman in center, Teoscar Hernandez in, in left, Jason Hayward in right, Manny Margot on the bench is your fourth guy. Uh, you have a top four set there. But you have offensive questions with Hayward. You have strikeout concerns with Teoscar Hernandez. And then if you lose any one of those non-center field guys, so not counting James Outman, I think Paul Hayes is probably your best bet for coming up, being a backup outfielder, being a pinch hitter, rotating in, and things like that. Obviously, you have Mookie Betts who can play right field as well. And you've got some options, but I just I think Andy Pajes is a higher ceiling than most of your other options. They invited Travis Swaggerty as a non-roster invitee in here. There's a couple other guys that they're bringing in, but to me, your highest ceiling outfielder, if you need to add an outfielder to this roster, is Andy Pajes. So we'll see what happens with the Dodgers. That's going to be interesting. And then for the Diamondbacks, this all comes down for me to one thing, and it's Jordan Lawler. What happens to Jordan Lawler? Can he uh, beat out Geraldo Perdomo for the short, shortstop job? Because uh, Eugenio Suarez is ostensibly going to be your third baseman. Kettle Marte is at second. Do you find a role for Jordan Lawler? Him sitting on the bench, I don't think is a good use. And so he's either going to be your starting shortstop or he's going to go back to the minors. And that's the big battle that I'm watching. Christian Robinson is up. I'm curious to see what he looks like against Major League competition. I'll watch some of those games. And then you've got some future depth pieces. Ivan Melendez will be up. You are going to have to make a free agency decision soon on Christian Walker. I believe he's got over five years of service time, so this may be his final year. He'll be 33 after the season. It feels doubtful they're going to sign him to a long-term deal. Does Ivan Melendez show enough where they let him play late in the year and then be the guy in 2025? Curious to see this. Continuing down the list, the Giants. There's a couple prospects here that you could legitimately see earn jobs, right? You have a center fielder now in Young-Hoo Lee, but shortstop is absolutely not settled. Mark Luciano got a chance to play some last year. And so, is he able to win that job uh, at shortstop? You also have Casey Schmidt in camp. We know that he's primar- he was primarily a third baseman, but he played a lot of shortstop for them and offensively struggled, but the defense was okay. And so who, who earns that shortstop job, right? And then in your rotation, Kyle Harrison feels like not only is he a rotation lock, he feels like he's probably your number two st- uh, starting pitcher, right? But... Carson Wisenhunt is in camp. Keaton Wynn is in camp. And if I'm looking to try to figure out which of these guys is going to earn a starting job in the rotation outside of Kyle Harrison, it feels like Keaton Wynn is probably the one who's going to do it. And so going to be really interesting to watch that to see what happens back there. And then prospect Ethan Small, I think, could be a lefty in the bullpen. I think he could earn a spot. He got a brief taste last year. But I think you could see him uh, earn a job in the bullpen. And then the Padres are, to me, a giant unknown, right? We've seen reports this offseason about they are having Jackson Merrill play the outfield. 
They they just signed Juris and Profar. I would assume right now, obviously Tatis is in right. I would assume Jose Azacar can be in center and Profar in left. But you'd feel a lot better if Jackson Merrill could take over a job simply because Azacar hasn't done a lot at the major league level from a batting average perspective, from an on-base perspective. And you'd rather go with the ceiling of a Merrill over somebody uh, like an Azacar who can give you defense, but offensively has not really shown anything. Uh, a guy who I don't expect to make the roster, but somebody to just watch. It's going to be really interesting. Ethan Salas will be in camp again. We saw him last year. We saw him do really well. Expect him to probably go back to double A this year, but I'm curious how long they, like what he looks like in spring. And then some pitchers, Robbie Snelling, Looked really good. Curious to see what he ends up doing. Drew Thorpe, does he make the rotation out of spring training or do they stick with Musgrove, Darvish? I think Michael King's going to definitely be in there. But who is that back end guy? Is it Randy Vasquez, uh, Pedro Avila? Does Thorpe win a job in spring training? And then other interesting guys like Jairo Iarte and Adam Mazur. Last one here, Colorado Rockies. Adel Amador, Yankeel Fernandez, Jordan Beck. Those are the three big guys that I'm watching because you've seen at the major league level, there's been lots of questions about Brendan Rodgers. Is he a trade candidate? Ryan McMahon, does he get traded? And so Adel Amador, if he can come up and be a very good defensive middle infield with Ezekiel Tovar, I think that gives you some flexibility to move some pieces for pitching if you want to. And then Jordan Beck is just a guy I'm really high on. I like the current configuration of the outfield with Brenton Doyle in center, who's an amazing defender. I hope he hits this year. And Nolan Jones, who just absolutely took off in the outfield after being acquired from Cleveland. But Jordan Beck, I feel, could be a guy that could end up being a contributor both offensively and defensively at the major league level. So what does he look like in spring? I assume as of right now, Hunter Goodman is probably your right fielder, but does Jordan Beck show enough to make the case for himself? Enjoy the college baseball this weekend. We're back on Monday with a mailbag reminder. If you have questions for us, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball, shows on Twitter at Locked On Farm. We have an email, we have a Discord. It's all in the episode description, it's all in the show notes. Until Monday's show, remember, it's always a great time to pay a minor leaguer. 